0: Listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. It is Tuesday, the 23rd of October. Hope you're all doing very, very well indeed. Thank you all so much for listening. A great show in front of us today. We'll be talking about all the week seven games, including the Wembley game. If you went to that game, I hope you had a great time. I know someone that did might just be my co-host. But we'll also be looking at, uh, we'll be looking at obviously, Jason Garrett Corner, who could forget, uh, one of my favourite segments of the podcast. We're also going to be doing the quiz, the full 10 questions. Uh, we have Tim Weston coming on today, Miami Dolphins fan. Some interesting to see how well he can do. Can he do as well as Kieran did last week? Also be going to be previewing Thursday night football, looking at some waivers for week eight for fantasy football and, uh, of course, stinkers and stonkers of the week. But let's bring him in. Uh, Lee, are you still celebrating the, the Chargers win? But more importantly, uh, did you get home okay? Yeah, public transport
1: wasn't great. But, um, yeah, it didn't take away from the game or the you know, day of the whole weekend as a whole as well. Uh, yeah, no, really good really good atmosphere at Wembley. A lot of uh, sort of Chargers fans there, which I saw on the way up, which was really good. Uh, it was a really pro Chargers crowd, which was nice. It wasn't sort of that uh, sort of non partisan crowd. There's quite a few, you know, Titan fans there as well, but I think it was largely like pro Chargers and a lot of Chargers fans there, which was which is really good to see. Um I saw I've seen a couple of people who on Facebook who have come over from America and they've sort of said like, you know, they sort of like had positive things to say about the Wembley atmosphere and sort of said, why can't it be like this at (laughs) the StubHub? So it's obviously made a good impression on them as well, which is obviously great. And, you know, the most important thing as well with the the victory that we'll come on to later on, Mm.
0: Yeah, obviously the re- the reason that they can't get out of the stub hub is because they ripped the soul out of the club and took them out of San Diego. That might be one of the reasons. But uh, yeah, like I say we will cover <laughs> that. Yeah, we will cover that in the full seven week uh, week seven review. Uh, so a couple of other things that we've got on the podcast today, week seven. But before we get into all that, just a couple of things to remind you: uh, there's one week left in our free NFL jersey giveaway. Simply head over to our Twitter at Full Ten Yards and retweet the pin tweet on there and follow all the instructions. Uh, in in f- for your chance to wear, it's free as well, so why not do it? Uh, don't have to pay anything, don't have to do too much, it's not too strenuous, it's been quite easy on you considering it's our first giveaway. Um, so yeah, got one more week left to do that, uh, and it's obviously the jersey of your choice as well, it's not one where we force a jersey upon you. A um, Couple of other things, don't forget you can still introduce the show. Um, like, he, like today, uh, our, qu- our contestant on the full 10 questions, he introduced the show today. So thank you so much to him. He will be a bit late on in the podcast to answer all those questions and see how well he did. And then finally, just a bit of news uh, about uh, the full 10 yards. Obviously, we now have a writer uh, who will be hopefully taking a bit of the... Fantasy work away from the podcast. giving have given you a bit more of a, a cleaner NFL kind of uh, talk and chatter. So he will be starting next week. His name is Scott. We'll have him on the podcast next week as well just to give you the heads up and just to introduce him to you all. I uh, hope you are very nice to him. But let's pretty much let's get back into to week seven then, Lee. So obviously the first game of the weekend uh, was yours. Titans uh, at Chargers. Obviously, you said it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I did notice as well watching at home from my uh, from my couch. it did seem quite a, a pro Chargers uh, crowd. But what was uh, well, how how did the game? Uh, what did you take from the game?
1: So, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a really good game. Just overall, just overriding feeling uh, coming away from it. Uh, obviously, after last week's one sided contest at Wembley, we treated to a really good one someday. Mm. Um For me personally, I, I was being quite comfortable for most of the game. It felt like the Chargers D was. Sort of stepping up when it mattered in the red zone. Um, they were playing a bit too conservative because the 80 yards in the field, so the Titans were able to keep their offense on the field for a lot of the game, and it kept it really tight. Obviously, got a the big finale as well. We might be able to go two points twice uh, instead of kicking the goal and going all the time, which you know can, can be debated, the sort of pros and cons of that. To, re- to be honest, I sort of respect the, the decision. I respect the decision to go for the win. Uh, we'll discuss that in more detail later on in another segment of the show, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, But for the Chargers, the problem was almost that they scored too quickly. We had a driver of one play and a driver of two plays to score our touchdowns. Uh, So the onus on the defence keep The Titans for a long long period, which, which, like I said, they did in most part. Uh, For me personally, the the, the moment that really got me out of my seat um, was the turning point of the game, in my opinion, when uh, Dendell Perryman got the red zone pick just for Mm -hmm. half-time, which is Marcus Mario's first red zone pick of his whole career Mm in a few years. Uh, And if that drive resulted in a touchdown, it would have been 10 each going into half-time, and obviously, you know, maybe a different result uh, coming away. Uh, But the Chargers obviously finished it off. uh, They're sitting pretty, uh, Unfortunately, unless the wheels fall off in Kansas, I think we're playing for the fifth seed, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, you know, there's still plenty of games to go. For the Titans, uh, just flipping over to them, Uh, you know, they're not a long way off the AFC South Summit. uh, they're, They're a team that feels like they're playing sort of Less for some of its parts at times. They've got a really talented roster, Um but just not quite putting it together. Uh, I don't really know why, to be honest. So obviously, I'm big, a big fan of theirs beforehand. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes for them. But yeah, not a, not a great performance from them. Um, just didn't go with the hump. I didn't feel.
0: Yeah, it was a strange one. Obviously, like they say I didn't. The Chargers score like on their, their first possession in the first and second halves. Was that I think obviously the first one was the the, the one play seventy five yards. Uh, Was it to Tyrell Williams? And in the second half, I think, was it the one to to Mike Williams? Uh, Was that that their first possession in the second half?
1: Yeah, Mike Williams in the second for 55, yeah, Yeah. after two plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, you know, those, those kind of drives, it's not generally the way you usually think things go during the game so that was a bit a bit strange but yeah it did seem to me that the titans were on the field for a lot more and just struggling to go back and forward uh up and down the field and you know made uh, made hard work of their drives they didn't they didn't make the game look too easy whereas philip rivers then just comes out and balls and then just dip, you know dips dips a long one down the field and then you know the defense is back on the field for for the chargers but yeah it was again obviously got got tight at the end there um, for yeah, obviously, I'm sure your heart was in your mouth when they decided. What was your, what was it, what was going through your mind when they decided to go for two? Did you crap your pants?
1: Well, it's it's kind of a funny story. Um, just before, so I was dying for the toilet from about <laughs> halfway through the final quarter, and um, when they scored their touchdown, I actually expected them to kick the goal, uh, so I darted off to the loo. Oh, nice! Um, I heard like a cheer from the crowd and just thought. Right, they're able to kick the one, uh, and it's going to go to overtime. That's exactly what I expected. Anyway, longest pee in the world. Anyway, this other guy comes in the toilet. It's wearing a, a Titans shirt. And I, I just turned to him and said, oh, you just kicked the one. And he went, no, no, we went for it on two. It went for two, but it's on the flag, so there's another <laughs> play. So I sort of finished really quickly. <laughs> And darted out into the concourse. So I actually got to watch the last play on the concourse, yeah. so I didn't actually watch it in the in the stadium. <laughs> I was just dying for pain that much from about eight minutes to go. I just couldn't bear it, and I just didn't expect them to go for two at all. So, uh, yeah, funny story. Uh,
0: there you go. Uh, <laughs> never, never. Well, I see. Even even that though, you know, extra points haven't been a, a guarantee this year either. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, eight minutes in the fourth quarter. It's not eight minutes uh, to go. You, you know, usually around about an hour, aren't you? So. Yeah, but yeah, good game. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the, that's the best game of the three this year. Obviously, on on paper, uh, heading into the season, it probably didn't look like that. That would be the case, but we should we should see what the Eagles and the Jaguars can cook up for us next week. Uh, where I shall be, and no doubt, as, as long as the Jags win, I don't care what happens. I don't care if it's one, it's two, I don't care if it's two 0 or 51-50, as long as the Jags win. But um, Let's move on. Of Let's move on to the six o'clock games. In so uh, I've got the uh, Browns at the Buccaneers, the Hard Knocks bowls, I like to call it. Um, fourth overtime game this year for the Browns, which is quite incredible to be quite honest. And it's the uh, seventh straight week where we've had an overtime game. But the Bucks winning on a fifty-seven yard field goal to win it, uh, where yeah, um, Chandler Catanzaro was absolutely awful for the most of the part of the game, uh, missing left, right, and center all over. So I was quite surprised that they tried him out for fifty-seven yarder, but. You know, if you show your faith in a player, sometimes they repay you. And obviously he kicked it through uh, for the win. Uh, but um, the Browns record now is a buy one, get one free, a 2-4-1. Um, so I quite enjoyed that when I come up with it. Um, Ronald Jones got into the end zone for his first touchdown. And Nick Chubb as well stepped up obviously for the departing Carlos Hyde, who was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll see him next week. Um, Jarvis Landry had a nice touchdown. Uh, in this game, but again, you know the Browns again finding an- another way to lose a game, going down twenty three to twenty six. Uh, I know you didn't watch too much of the uh, six o'clock games uh, on Sunday, you obviously catch- heading back from uh, heading back from London. But yeah, again, you know Browns and Hugh Jackson, just uh, Hugh Jackson coming out swinging for the media afterwards, saying that you know he needs to take more control of this team, which is the last thing this team needs.
1: Yeah, but he he went one and thirty-one, and he had quite a big input into play calling. I know that's. you so don't irony. quite get that. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, don't quite just... get that one. But no. uh, it's kind of it's kind of good for for the Browns in in the best way possible when you can lose. But they weren't competitive in a lot of games last year. But they they obviously are competitive. They're going to overtime well quite often, mm. and you know I think everyone and you know his wife knows that it's just the coaching that holds them back. That roster now. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um uh, yeah, if they if they're Compton coaching, uh you yeah, know, they would they wouldn't be two for one, it'd probably be 2 four, four two one. Maybe they would get two two games swinging back their way. But um yeah, it's Hugh Jackson, it's the Browns. Uh what more do you expect? Uh do you wanna talk about the Vikings and Jets?
1: Yeah, I'll go for that one. Um so as we were talking about on Tuesday, uh both expected a Vikings win, so this kind of went exactly how we thought it would go. Uh, Vikings obviously won by 20, Adam Thielen went over 100 yards, caught a touchdown, which obviously everyone expects now, uh, Latavius Murray continues to put in sort of strong performances instead of Dalvin Cook, he um, ran in two scores on 15 carries, 69 yards, which obviously a really useful 4.6 uh, yards per carry average, um, so yeah, that was, that was all. Rosie really in the in the Minnesota Garden. A really weird game for Stefan Diggs, who caught eight catches. Well got eight catches for on fourteen targets for a really meager thirty three yards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, quite a really odd start, you know, when the going off and they've both obviously been doing great stuff uh in previous weeks. And then another another kind of thing that we're coming to expect, uh, another fumble for Kirk Cousins and another trio of interceptions for Sam Darnold and another fumble to boot. So again, exactly how we expected this one mm-hmm. to go as well. Yeah, uh, Both of those quite not turnover problems at the moment and it's becoming quite a chronic problem so he's a bit worrying obviously if we think sort of, further down the line if Kirk's going to sort of give him good defence, fumble opportunities in the playoffs that could be a game way in play in the postseason. that could spell the end for minutes of the season and just looking over to down on the other side obviously he's got ball security since uh, his days at USC and he really needs to call that out because something like that it really lowers your ceiling as a franchise Q B. Yeah. If always if they're always turning the ball over. It goes from like a potential play Jared Goff to a potential Jameis Winston. Mm. So it's definitely a food for food four. Um so yeah, and Minnesota played a really clean game, didn't turn the ball over at all. Um so yeah, it sort of went to form. Uh, there's some issues and sort of good things that we've seen from both teams in this one. Um but yeah, easy, easy Minnesota win. Yeah, I think I saw a stat uh, or heard a stat yesterday that
0: um, Kirk Cousins, I think, has, has attempted the most passes this year, which was quite surprising. But, um, yeah, I'd have to go back and, and check that one out. But I, I couldn't remember if it was the most passes or he's completed the most passes. But I know he's certainly up there in terms of attempts or, uh, or whatnot. But, um, yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting stat, considering I know they haven't had much of a run game with Dalvin Cook being out. But, um, yeah, it was quite interesting. that uh, Obviously, Andrew Luck's been, been throwing, it, throwing it more than, uh, you know, more than Hansi Cronje for the South African cricket team, but never mind, we shall move on. Uh, Panthers at Eagles. <laughs> pa- uh, Eagles playing a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. This stuff of dream that dreams are made of. Uh, Panthers lighting it up in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton finally coming uh, to the four and showing up uh, at the start of the fourth. Two very much hot and cold teams at the moment. These two uh, Panthers now improving to four and two, which... If you said, but yeah, if you if you said if you looked at all the Panthers games this year and you said, oh, okay, what record did they have? It, I'm not sure four and two would uh, probably uh, would represent their their efforts this year, but it just shows that when Cam turns it on and that team turns it on, they're quite hard to handle. Um, and the Eagles uncharacteristically blowing that 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 17 point lead there um, again. Yeah, it was much to my delight, but really not too much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not really too much to take away, apart from the fact that you know this game could actually turn out as a you know if things go a certain scenario that this could be a, a head-to-head wild card tiebreaker. So that could be uh, could be worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's going to be all these games that you're sort of thinking that sort of thing in both conferences now. Mm. Um, I'd imagine both of these teams will have uh, at least wild card sort of in the hunt aspirations. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine that. Uh, you know, both teams could probably win the division. Both teams made the wild cards. So yeah, it's definitely, going to have a bearing on the, the sort of last stage of the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Eagles dropping two, three, and four. Obviously, we'll see them next week at Wembley. Do you want to cover the Jags game? Um, obviously, they're, they're at Wembley next week as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they usually, you know, Blake usually um, enjoys being at Wembley, um, and he'll need it because I think his career on the line. Uh, next week in London. Uh, But what's going on in Jacksonville at the moment? You know, Blake's obviously got benched, Cody Kessler, and just sort of losing twice in a row without really much fight. You know, I mentioned it last week, I didn't think, um, sorry, last pod, I didn't think this locker room could allow this to happen. Um, You know, just this lack of effort, a big loss. Um, And this is another big loss for them in the context of the division. Obviously, the Texans now in control of the South, uh, and they can put daylight in between them, themselves and the rest of the division with a win on Thursday night football. Mm. Which will obviously come on to later. Um, but yeah, this is this is sort of starting to feel like it's becoming the end of the line for play balls at the moment. Um obviously we've we've not touched on it, but obviously with the, the trades going out in Oakland just been just got me got me thinking about Derek Carr's situation. I'm sure quite a lot of people have had this thought, but given that it's a weak QB class in two thousand nineteen and there's no high-end free agent like Kirk Cousins or anyone like that in in the off season, uh, and couple that with the fact that Gruden's clear in house, could we see an offer for Derek Carr? It'd be definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, something for them to ponder. Derek Carr's comments today and talks about like a fractured relationship uh, in the dressing room uh, in Oakland. So definitely one to keep an eye on for me. Um, just picking up to the other side. I don't need the quarterback. Got massive respect for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, he's come through seriously banged up, um, but he's had to you know ride a bus to Jacksonville rather yeah. than rather than. Right I think because he's concerned over his bruised lung. Yeah, I mean, think was really mentally tough. The travel without a teammate, obviously tough physically. Uh, just massive respect for him for that. Didn't play great, on through fifty percent. But the Texans mainly rode Lamar Miller, who got uh, hundred yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And they just came, generally just kept the scoreboard ticking over and let the Jaguars beat themselves a little bit. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that defense is. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's one of the most hit quarterbacks this year in the league. Obviously, uh, represented by his bruised lung, and it's quite interesting. He had to take a twelve-hour bus journey to get <laughs> to get there because they were worried that the air pressure in the plane was going to make it worse. But um, yeah, that's quite a quite a story. But. Um, yeah, I think the Jags only got four, five or six hits on him, uh, considering he had seventy or odd, seventy odds uh, going into the game. Which is, uh, and yeah, you know, the caliber of this Jacksonville defense is, is quite astonishing. Really, that that was the kind of stat that came out of there. But yeah, Jags defense, Jalen Ramsey's quiet. Uh, the, you know, there's a infighting after the game apparently, but um, yeah, things are not rosy. But hopefully, trip over the ponds, trip over to Embley Stadium can uh, can can remedy that. But um, I won't hold my hopes uh, hopes up. But we shall see. Uh, let's move on to Lions at Dolphins. Lions taking this one quite comfortably. Kerryon Johnson, 179 scrimmage yards, um, and yeah, Stafford six and one off the bye since 2012. So yeah, there is that. Obviously, some teams fare better than the than others off the bye. But Dolphins, I've said all season, are just are just frauds. Now dropped to four and three. Um, yeah, just Osweiler, I think, is going to be the quarterback for the next couple of weeks, because Tannehill doesn't seem to be returning uh, anytime soon. But yeah, I think the uh, the, line, the the thing with this game, obviously, it's well noted what the Lions do in the rushing games in, in the Matthew Stafford era. I think that was the most rushing yards they've had uh, in a game since Matthew Stafford has been there. So that was quite an interesting stat as well to come out of that one. But um, yeah, many many saw this one as a surprise, but Lions winning by eleven, thirty-two to twenty-one, quite easily in the end. But I, I was quite confident that you know I picked them on on Sunday in the in the pickems. But yeah, um, I don't like the Dolphins whatsoever.
1: But yeah, obviously we we both called this one. Um, you know, in the in the previous podcast that we did uh, last Friday. So yeah, well well done for us for calling this one. I was not as confident as you, uh, but I, I was fairly I was confident obviously enough to call it. Uh but yeah, like you say, Miami, not not the real deal. Um I can see them sort of like wasting away now yeah. in their season. Um, sort of probably finish between seven and nine nine and seven I would say.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. It could potentially, could, could potentially spiral down. Obviously, Bro- uh, Brock Osweiler is going to be a cool quarterback for the next couple of weeks, so who knows? Uh, again, they're, they're away on a short week. Uh, Houston, obviously, on Thursday night. Um, it'd be quite interesting to see um, you know, how their season pans out because again, I don't I don't think they the record is better than they actually are. Uh, I just think they've gotten a, a lucky few wins there in the schedule. So someone someone commented on uh, on my Instagram because on my pickems I post all the pickems and someone said you don't, you've never picked the Dolphins. I was like, well, no, but said, well, I've got four wrong and three right. But yeah, I th- I think I, I don't think they have a winning record. The Dolphins. I'm going to call it now, but um, we shall see. But they're not really a team I'm really interested in or are going are gonna to watch uh, any of their games. To be quite honest, so probably, I'm not going to watch Thursday night football. Might put the uh, the highlights on but they're not they're not a great team Kenyon Drake Kenyon drake actually had it had a fairly decent game um he had a touchdown and six uh, six carries for 72 yards i think and kenny Steele's came out of the game injured as well but he's uh very hot and cold um but we shall move on uh, because i couldn't distribute the games correctly I've, got, I've given you a couple of nine o'clock games so do you want to talk about the saints and the ravens yeah yeah, yeah.
1: this one's a really interesting one another one uh like the game that i attended uh came down to the last play of the game. Uh Saints squeaked it with hit <laughs> the most accurate kicker in league history, mm. missing his first ever PAT, Justin yeah. Tucker. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, lucky or not. Uh, Tucker didn't kick it great the, the whole game. He got one earlier that just I think it mm. went literally over the post just yes. inside. Yeah. No, not not for him. Um but before getting deep deep into the game I just want to say that Huge fan of those Baltimore purple on purple unis. Uh, yeah, really big fan of one color unis. Really good. Uh, really like that. I'll mention a couple of other really nice unis later on as well. But anyway, uh, and you know, th- this was a game that was played the right way. Both, uh, both both teams and head coaches were really aggressive in their play calling. Uh, there was a lot of big big third and fourth down conversions, which obviously what the, the fans pay to see. Yeah. Um, so you know, I thought it was a really entertaining game just in general. Uh, special moment for Drew Brees again, joining the 500-touchdown 5, club, yeah. uh, just really st- cementing status as a legend in the game. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that was, that was great for him. Uh, I, I think my personal suspicion is that he'll hang it up at the end of the season, now that he's joined the 500 club and he's got the sole uh, possession of the uh, yards, the passing yard record. Yeah. Um, but you know that'll be sad, that'll be sad to see him go. But obviously, all great things have got to come to an end. But that's just uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just looking on to the other side, John Brown uh, obviously continuing to have a great season for Baltimore. Definitely one of the best free agent ads from this past offseason, and quite a lot of people would have had a fantasy bargain on him. Yeah. Um. You know, he probably would have gotten in the mid rounds so of most people's drafts. Maybe in small leagues, might be gone undrafted. Um so he yeah, had a great bargain for everyone who got him. Um I think the Saints will now go on to win the NFC South because uh, this is a big this is a big ballsy win for them. Yeah. Uh, especially with their defence not playing great and, you know, showing up against the number one scoring defence uh, in the league beforehand.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't all plain sailing. That the fourth downs there, I think on one of the first uh, or the opening drive of the first couple of drives there. Uh, the the Saints went for it on fourth down like three or four times on one drive uh, which is quite crazy as well and T- Taysom Hill uh, seems to be getting a lot of a lot of action uh, down in the down towards the end zones but so uh, yeah D- D- Drew Brees obviously passed in five hundred yards but Lamar Jackson obviously went in with the with his first touchdown they were both with, within ...within one minute of each other, I thought was quite cool. Uh, but yeah, Breeze obviously joining Manning, Favre and Brady there in the 500 club. But also Drew Brees only becomes the third QB to beat all 32 teams in the NFL. Uh, also joining Manning and Favre. So a little stat there for you statisticians.
1: Yeah, that's
0: a great stat. Mm. Um, okay, let's move on to one of the high scoring games of the week. Uh, Patriots at Bears. Now the the scoreline suggests it was quite close uh, and I suppose that in some ways it was because the Bears were up quite quite handily at some point in this game um, but Patriots uh, you know it's essentially stomping their authority on on the Bears and you know, putting up a decent score on there um, Bears nearly tied it obviously the Kevin Kevin White hail Mary failed at the one yard line uh, which is um, you know typical Kevin White can't do anything right it's probably that's probably his career highlight which is quite funny um, but obviously you yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the big news obviously coming out of this one, Sonny Michel, um, who luckily has uh, no, no structural damage to his knee from the MRI today, so it just remains to be seen how long he will miss. I, I assume he'll miss a couple of weeks. Thereby, I think is week 11 or week 12, so wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect him personally to be back before them. So it would be quite interesting to see what they do uh, this week, whether or not Kenyon Barner gets the nod or James White gets a bigger role, but they're, they're starting to get thin. Obviously, Rex Burkhead is on IR. Jer- Jeremy Hill has obviously also gone earlier in the season. Uh, but still, Patriots getting this one done quite comfortably, despite the injuries. Uh, Julian Edelman obviously getting in the end zone. But there's, there's enough weapons there for Brady to, to, to get it done, and that's what they've been doing for years. Um, but, yeah, the f- first Patriots road win this season also, which was quite interesting. Didn't realise it was that. Yeah,
1: it's quite a, quite, a, quite a funny stat, that one. But, yeah, no, it was really unlucky from Kevin White, actually. He wasn't wasn't very sure, was he? Um, Could have gone either way uh, with that one. Uh, you know, yeah, but yeah, uh, the Patriots, like you say, are just getting it done. I mean, no matter who's on the field, they just kind of getting done. Um, so I struggled earlier. On, uh, well, I struggled, struggled for the Patriots earlier on in the season when they had you know a few less weapons, but now they've got their full arsenal available. It's uh, looking a bit on, on on ominous. Sorry, chipping <laughs> you know up my words there um, for the rest of the well, the rest of the league really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Josh Gordon looks starting to look a bit dangerous as well. So if he's on your waiver wires, I doubt he will be, but um, he's certainly one that could pick up steam over the coming weeks. Patriots improved to five and two. Bears bottom of the NFC South, uh, funnily enough, at three and three. But it just shows you how good that division is, uh, how talented that, that division is. Um, so Lee, do you want to talk about? Who do you want to talk about? Rams at oh, niners. niners. Yeah, Rams at Niners. So this is a. Uh,
1: this is just a. Break into the really important stuff 1st This is uh, my second and my favourite uniform combination that I've probably seen in quite a while. Unbelievable combination. Uh, two pair of throwbacks with the really nice yellow Rams uniforms and then the, I believe it's the paying homage to the 1994 Super Bowl uh, for the 49ers with their yeah. white uniform. I yeah. might be right to say in that.
0: Yeah, I love that white uh, uniform. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah, really like those uniforms. Uh, keep them coming and... Um, some good ones throughout the league, some bad ones as well. which We'll stay away from. But anyway, into the game. Uh, it was a complete performance from LA in all three phases of the game. Uh, it's really unbelievable the way I know the Forty Nineers are uh, great. It's also been decimated by injury, but when you when you put together three phases of the game like LA did, it's pretty hard to stop no matter who is the opposition. I would say on offense, Jared Goff's just looking like a top five quarterback. He's playing with supreme confidence. Everything he does, ex- executing, at, at just an extremely high level. Uh, just you know, from looking lost in his first year, the transformation that he's gone through, and uh, you know, the last couple of years in the McVay, mark remarkable, I would say. Hel- um,
0: Helps when you got, got Todd Gurley in the backfield. In- Sorry, help- say that
1: again. Helps when you got Todd Gurley in the backfield, though. I was just, I was just about to say, obviously, and then moving on to the 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 next part of the offense, obviously, Todd Gurley's... Obviously, how would say, without doubt, the, the best running back in the business at the moment. And just looks like the complete offensive weapon, obviously, on the on the weekend, getting two touchdowns on the ground, one through the air. He does that, you know, he doesn't always score in one way. He's just used in such a good way by uh, Sean McVeigh and the Rams. Mm. And it just suits him down to the ground. And those two aspects of the offense just work in complete harmony. You know, the running game sets up the passing game, and the passing game sets up the running game. <laughs> and it's just, it's just unstoppable when they get it right. And then on on defense, they flip over. They're forcing multiple turnovers each game, which is what they did against San Francisco. Uh, they had five turnovers, um, and they just do that all the time. And then obviously, when you've got the best football player on the planet in Aaron Donald, uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't help anyone. Uh, you know, the opposition at any point. No. And I used to say he was the best non-quarterback um, in football. But I've elevated him now just to being the best overall player mm. uh, in my mind. Four yeah. sacks on Sunday, yeah. wrecks the game every time. Um, and then, you know, the third third se- segment of the game, the special teams for the Rams is just incredible. They've blocked, I would say, four punts off the top of my head. Uh, you know, and they got another one on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's just un- unheard of to get so many blocked punts from one team. And uh, they've lost a safety and should have put a touchdown as well. And then they also had a huge return on pump for good measure. Yeah. So, like I say, when you put it all together in three phases, just on softball and... Mm. Um you know, this was against a short handed Niners team. Um so you know, you can sort of point towards that, but I think they would have beaten anyone on, on Sunday playing the way they did. Yeah. Uh just quick mention Francisco, after I stopped talking about uh the Rams, the uh, up to the bright spot for them was George Kittle. He's really mm. becoming one of the, the top and better tight ends in the league actually. Um he's really developing quite nicely yeah. under Kyle Shanahan. and um, I think he'll be a big weapon for them moving forward in the coming year. Yeah, yeah,
0: and yeah, no, I certainly agree there um yeah i mean cj method didn't have the greatest of games and um again you know the 49 the season is is what it is but you know, the nfc west game always play hard but yeah essentially it got out of hand early and then just you know continued uh, but yeah, all, all, um, all aboard the uh, the rams chiefs super bowl that would be quite that'd be quite a clash um but it remains to be seen if they can both make it obviously a lot of things can change between uh, now and then Let's let Let's talk about two teams that won't be making the postseason. Bills at Colts. Uh, I mean, the Bills. My God. Um, although <laughs> a contender for Jason Garrett corner this week was uh, Sean Moderna icing the kicker just before the halftime, twenty-one kneel down. That was quite uh, quite classy. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Colts winning this one 37 to five, which is a score that's never happened before in the NFL. Anyone that um, is interested in this staty side of things, follow uh, follow a Twitter account called a, I think it's at Scoregami where or NFL scorigami where they um, they give you all the scores and you know how many times they've previously that scores happened, or you know or they'll tell you the first time the scores happened. And this one, there, 37 to five was the first time that that's, that score has happened. So that's quite interesting. I'm quite sad and liking those kind of things, but a couple of things on the pitch. Uh, Marlon Mack exploded for a couple of touchdowns and just showed why you know he's the most explosive guy there and why the the Colts like him. Was decent on the ground as they got in the end zone a couple of times. LaShawn McCoy on the other side left the game with a concussion. Um, funny looking, uh, knocked to his head when he uh, was taken out of bounds uh, during the game. But I think he should be okay for next week. And then obviously, of course, it was the return of T.Y. Hilton, uh, who had a couple of uh, catches for a couple of touchdowns, but a small yardage. So yeah, um, you know, you can you can expect bigger things things for him going forward. But uh, the 220 rush yards from Indianapolis. Uh, in this game with the most yards, uh, most rushing yards since two thousand and seven, so that's quite a uh, long, a long streak snapped there. But again, yeah, these two teams both now two and five. Uh, I mean, you, um, the, the, there's worse chances than the Colts maybe having an outside squeak in this AFC South, considering the, the the state of the other teams and the records. I mean, they're not far from out of it, but obviously there's a, there's a ways to go. They have to win quite a lot, probably the rest of their divisional games to to have a squeak, but. Um, you know, stranger things, stranger things have happened. But again, you know, two and five certainly aren't in, in a position to, to to trouble any wild card aspirations.
1: No, not for me. Um, probably a year or two away um, from really being a contender. Uh, again, you know, they need to get Andrew fully healthy uh, again. he probably needs to see them, to sort of work himself back into sort of rhythm of playing football and getting sort of full confidence back in his shoulder and then obviously needs to add some talent around you on both sides of the ball. Um these are just decimated by the previous regime and um, you know they've, they've drafted pretty well by of Things uh, last year but they just need a year or two. Um or they're just gonna be a pest really for other AFC South um teams that you know they're gonna nick wind here and there off them and just ruin other people's seasons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Colts certainly uh, seem to be a team that can play uh, party pooper uh, for all the other teams in that division. Uh, let's talk, let's move on to a divisional game: The Cowboys at Redskins. Uh, heartbreaking, uh, heartbreaking into this one, really. Just if you're a Cowboys fan or not, um, Redskins taking this one. Twenty seventeen, Brett Maher. Uh, kicking and plunking against the upright there as as uh, time expired but the Redskins defence was dominant, uh, we struggled all game trying to protect Dak and despite Dak having a fairly decent game the the fumble touchdown there from, from Dak picked up by uh, Kerrigan I think it was uh, that that just killed the game but uh, two similar teams so yeah, Zeke was uh, inefficient on the ground Adrian Peterson had a good game actually uh, interesting stat for you as well, Redskins in the last 57 games, 28-28 and 1, uh, I think there was the I saw on the CBS uh, broadcast that they were showing like the, you know, every, every other game, they, you know, they win-lose, they're alter, alternating wins and losses every week uh, for the last 57 games. So that's, that's quite a streak. Um, didn't realise that that was, that was the case. But yeah, last 57 games, 28-28-1. Uh, but again, obviously, Jason Garrett, you know, a, a Dallas Cowboys game isn't a Dallas game without a Jason Garrett uh, brain fart. And his clock management on that last drive was absolutely atrocious. And we'll talk about that in his uh, in his special little su- segment a bit later on. But also, um, obviously, the, uh, the, the that last field goal, the uh, the penalty on the long snapper there, Ledusa, was a very strange one because obviously all the long snappers twitch the ball just before they snap it. But I think what happened, if you go back and watch the play, the, one of the Washington guys, you know, got drawn offside. But for some reason, they've decided to, to penalise the long snapper because I thought when I initially saw the flag, I was thinking, "Oh, sweet." Uh, it'll be another five yards in. So, you know, initially it was a 47-yard field goal. I thought, oh, will be 42, perfect. Uh, but no, obviously five yards back the other way, 52 yards. Had the absolute leg on it. I mean, that was sailing through the post, but unfortunately uh, swung a bit to the left and uh, hit the upright, giving the Redskins the win and a clear lead in the NFC East, much to my dismay. Uh, big news, obviously, coming out yesterday. Um, not going to shout too much about it. Mario Cooper has been traded for a first-round pick uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not going to get into it just because. Just go on my Twitter. Just, just, just go <laughs> you on my
1: Twitter. Don't
0: want to get into it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just what an absolute joke. What an absolute joke of a decision. Uh, we don't, we don't throw the ball. And s- some people were, were, were telling me on Twitter that you know, oh, you wait, wait till Amari Cooper has two hundred yards games, two hundred yard games. And I was like, mate. Dak doesn't even throw for 200 yards, so how can Amari Cooper have 200-yard games? Uh, to, which, to which point then, I said, if it would, at the point that uh, Amari Cooper has 200-yard game for Dallas, we will give away a Dallas Cowboys Amari Cooper jersey. So um, good luck waiting for that. You'll be waiting for a, lo- a hell of a long time. Um, but yeah, you know, Amari Cooper, it just beggars belief. I mean, well, we don't... uh oh, nah, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We'll move on. Um, let's move on to... got, got two games... <laughs> Two games left to go. Um, we'll let you do Monday night football and then I'll round off with Sunday night. So,
1: uh, Giants at Falcons for you. <laughs> you, you say you're not going to get into it, but you pretty much did. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a bad trade. It's too much to pay. Yeah, it's kind awful. awful. So it mean, you would... a lot of flexibility moving forward.
0: Even if they paid a second. And. Even if they paid a second, that's just still awful. I know Philadelphia had come out and said that they they offered a second, but this is Amari Cooper we're talking about. This is not Randy Moss. This isn't I don't know someone decent. This is Amari Cooper, Mister Drop, Mister Drop the ball, and oh, I don't know, I don't know. But alas, let's move uh, move on,
1: move on. The strangest thing for me, and I don't, I can't remember if I texted you this or not. but the, the strangest thing to me is that the wide receiver class in next year's draft class. It's going to be, he's going to be loaded so mm-hmm. if you wanted a wide receiver just take a, take a young guy because yeah. Mario Cooper's on his last year with deal so it doesn't you know unless you're going to get paid uh, maybe it's maybe it's a sort of something that Jason Garrett has asked and you know if Cooper doesn't pull it off then you'll get rid of Garrett as well and things like that yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how it's worked behind the scenes but yeah. you know maybe it's sort of poor wash time for Jason Garrett because now he's got you know someone to catch the ball for him, perhaps
0: no, but the thing is though, but Morrie Cooper works. And prom- gets the best production out of the slot. And you've got Cole Beasley there. And the last couple of weeks we've been going to Cole Beasley, and he's been as reliable as they come um, in terms of pass catching. Alan Hearns had a big game like yesterday in terms of targets and catches. So that's uh, that's by the by. Um, but yeah, I mean Amari- the whole the whole thing. They're, they're just a bunch of clowns, to be quite honest. And. Um, the reason that Jerry Jones won't won't fire Jason Garrett is because you know Jason Garrett just plays him. It gets played like a puppet, and uh, you know if you've not heard the song. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't, I don't I don't see the um, the angle of trying to face, uh, fire Jason Garrett because if, 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 if he if he was going to get if he was going to fire him he'd fire him already. Uh, but it just seems to be you know Jimmy Johnson obviously was a big personality back in the, back in the '90s when we won all those Super Bowls and obviously Jerry Jones didn't get any credit for it. And um, I, I think he's just hell bent on wanting to win the Super Bowl and Jerry Jones getting some of the credit for it, um, which is not going to happen. And you can't you can't have. Uh, you know a see-through coach like Jason Garrett on the sidelines clapping his hands and spitting spitting out of his uh out of his headset and just just you know Promoting medi- mediocrity. I mean, we've got Ezekiel Elliott behind our backfield. He was obviously limited to to very few yards yesterday, but that that was the more the uh, Washington defense. But Amari Cooper's not going to solve all our problems. We need we need a hell of a lot of uh, more change. You know, our defense is decent. We need offensive lineman, uh, which has obviously been a bit of a struggle this year compared to previous years. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, remedy it by signing Amari Cooper and getting rid of our first round pick for 2019. Yep, well done. Anyway, move on.
1: Anyway, yeah, on to Monday Night Football. <laughs> Monday Night Football.
0: Talk about the Giants
1: because they they, so, yeah, they um, suck more than Dallas. <laughs> yeah, let's deflect. Um, yeah, it's a pretty entertaining contest on Monday Night Football. A uh, lot of yards, a lot of big plays. Uh, both of being, um almost throwing for four hundred yards. Uh, three receivers going over a hundred yards. Well, Julio Jones, Beckham, and Sterling Shepard. Mm. Uh, Beckham joined the you know the five thousand yard club. Uh, Fastest to do so since the nineteen seventy merger. Um, well, you know, obviously, you no know, touchdown down for Mr. Julio Jones yet again. Twelve games with, uh, you know, twelve games he's now the drought. Uh, don't know how long this is going to go on for, but it's quite a it's quite a weird uh, little start that's going. Uh, he's only a few yards behind Adam Thielen for most yards in the league. Obviously, he's not scored a touchdown. So it's quite kind of strange. What do you? Uh, what, do you again,
0: what do you think comes first, a Julio Julio Jones touchdown or me praising Jason Garrett?
1: Or oh, what? I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Julio Jones getting a touchdown or me praising Jason Garrett? Because <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair, he's 12, 12, 12, games, games. 12 games without a touchdown. I've actually praised Jason Garrett within that time. So it's not as easy uh, as you might think.
1: Yeah, because obviously like, 12 games is, is three quarters of a season. <laughs> it's is kind of ridiculous that... You know, a guy of sort of his ability and his stature has gone so long. It's really, really strange. Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's just, you know it's one of those things, isn't it? I <laughs> think kind of works for the decoy a lot of the time because uh, people are sort of willing him to get this touchdown. Maybe they're using it as part of their offensive game plan a little, a little bit. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but just moving on to the. Game. Yeah. Um, this is kind of another one that, that um, kind of went exactly as we thought it would because neither of released him have got a Juventus to speak of at the moment. So, you know, um, almost 800 yards of, of passing offence uh, isn't something isn't, I mean, that's going to shock us. Um, you know, he, it's sort of one of those things where Eli kind of having a decent game, you know, throwing for 299 yards, I think he threw for, um, you know, get the Eli truthers up and saying it's not all his fault, but you know, the team is 1-6 and six and just needs to start again at the quarterback position, so they're heading for a high pick, and it's time to start what the college tape, thinking, preparing for the 2019 draft uh, in New York. Uh, but whether they'll do that, I don't know. They seem really, really uh, loyal to Eli. Obviously, he brought them Super Bowls, but, you know, it's one of those things where he's got his chances in those two games as well, and, um, I don't know. They just start again for me. He's, he even really has these you know, decent games every now and then. They just need to tear it up. Yeah, start
0: again. Yeah, the offensive line's not obviously worked out how they wanted to. How how they wanted to. Obviously, they tried to patch it up a little bit with uh, was it Nate Solder? I think it was coming over from the Patriots. But yeah, yeah the offensive line still a bit is still a bit uh, bit of hot garbage. Um, so all those people out there saying that Saquon Barkley, you know, picking him is fine because now we're going to suck this year as well. And then pick a QB. It's not really the way to go about it, to be quite honest. But, um, yeah, they, they deserve all they get in New York uh, at 1-6. and six. Um, But uh, flip that round on the other side. 6-1, and one, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, blasting the Bengals uh, home on Sunday Night Football. Uh, this one was a blowout. You know, Bengals do what they, they do on a, a primetime game. Just, you know, rabbit in headlights and get run over. Um, so there's not really, really too much to report on here. Chiefs do what they've pretty much been doing all the season and just blasting people away. Defence actually played okay, but then again, I'm not sure if that's more to do with Andy Dalton uh, doing an Andy Dalton on prime time. But the AFC North, uh, again, quite interesting there uh, with obviously Bengals, Ravens, uh, both losing Pittsburgh Steelers obviously on a bye, and then Cleveland obviously doing what they're doing as well. But yeah, it's quite bunched up there now, so quite interesting to see how the AFC North plan, plan play, plays out for the rest of the year. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, yeah, obviously I was... I was all backing the Bengals, and just as I did uh, against the Steelers earlier in the year, I just said I'm not going to back them anymore, so yeah, I've not really got a great deal to say about them, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, obviously, wanted them to, to beat the Chiefs uh, so that we could draw level with them after our victory. Uh, not, not a lot of time for the Bengals at the moment. Mm. Again, yep. I'm sort of going back to my pre-team stance on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, never, never. always trust the gap. Okay, so that's pretty much uh, week seven in, in the book. So just before we get to the full ten, full ten questions quiz, just should we should we just give some stinkers and stonkers of the week? So if you want to start off with your stonker, who, who performed who performed well uh, this year? Yeah, you? my
1: stonker uh, is yeah uh, you know, I think you had him as yours last week, but he's had in feeling. Uh, put up another hundred yard game, seven from seven now. Uh, obviously, I called this last week against that banged up Jets secondary, uh, and disappoint. In, in Obviously, you know as we all know, uh, wide receivers never won league MVP, and it'd still be a long shot uh, for Thiem to do it this year because obviously the, the position's just so devalued, especially compared to quarterback. Uh, but if you put some ten or eleven, you know, hundred-yard games, not collectively, but just in the season, it certainly mm. put him in the mix. Mm. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear Adams' take on what the odds are uh, at the moment for him winning it. And maybe worth a you know, cheeky punt, a uh, few quid. Mm. So, I imagine it's still quite long odds.
0: Yeah, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Obviously, uh, quarterbacks usually dominate that that kind of market. But yeah, it might be a, it might be an outside uh, might be an outside chance. We have to I'll have to check that for the uh, for the podcast later in the week and uh, get back to the to the listeners on that one. Um, yeah, anything anything else for you on Thielen?
1: No, that's all. Okay. That's all. I just wanted to mention that the uh, you know MVP possible. Um, don't think you win it, but you know, I just want to sort of put that question out there. Put out, Mister Walford.
0: Uh, later in the week. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, so my uh, my stonker of the week is Kerryon Johnson. Uh, obviously, it's been well documented how how bad the uh, Lions' rushing game has been over the years. You know, Joique Bell, Reggie Bush, and all those. Um, yeah, for for Cameron Johnson, obviously to come in, it uh, took him a couple of weeks to get going, but now he's had two two hundred yard rushing uh, performances this year. Obviously, 158 against Miami, who you know admittedly can't stop the run, but you know it was difficult conditions there in the heat. Um, and has performed well, and obviously been vultured a couple of times by LeGarrette Blount uh, for the for the touchdowns. But Kieran Johnson just just about getting to the uh, to the top of that of that running back depth chart. And uh, you yeah, know, if you have him if you have him in dynasty or even in redraft leagues, you can look forward to the rest of this season as with the games coming up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Any any sort of running back that's given Detroit a running game, he's uh, just sort of revolutionary in that part of the world. So yeah, definitely, mm. definitely back that for uh, a bonker.
0: Alright, who is your, who is on the other side? Who is your stinker?
1: So, I probably just let like the cat out of the bag um, a little bit earlier with what I've just said when you talked about the game. But my stinker is just for the Bengals, just as a whole. You could have Lee, Lee, me Lee me
0: you missed the opportunity there. You could have said you let the tiger um, out of the bag. Nah. You yeah. missed it. You
1: missed <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I apologise. I, I apologise. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, you know, Sunday night was a big opportunity to make the statement. Win, they just fell flat on the faces and was blown out, as we've just said. Yeah, that's why they. Um, if they kept it close, they could have come the specs, But losing the manner that they did, shows they're quite not there yet. For me, yeah. Uh, the question is, can they regain the momentum and take, you know, control the division? That it seems like no one really wants to win. The North, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Baltimore at the summit of that now, and you know they've just come off a loss. It was a good weekend for Pittsburgh, really. Yeah. Sat on the sat on the couch. Yeah, they've not had many of those this year. No, no, exactly. It's not, like I say, it's just a division that no one seems to really want to take control of.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a reason why they, they struggle in the playoffs. Obviously, prime time, you know, national stage, they just fall flat on their feet and um, flat on their face. Well, they can't fall flat on your feet, that's a cap. But... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Bengals. Bengals. Uh, prime, they're in a prime, prime bounce back spot next week at home to the uh, to the Buccaneers. But I surf, obviously, for a later podcast. The stinker I'm going to go with is the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Uh, like we said earlier in the podcast, they you know, they've been awful. Bit of infighting, Jalen Ramsey, and you know, a couple of people coming out. Uh, you know, on on, the, on on the subject. But this Jags defense is is a shadow of if, if its former self. And you know, to to not be able to put the hits on. On uh, Deshaun Watson this week, and obviously last week, you know, giving up forty-two in Dallas offense on in most weeks, um, just kind of the fall from grace the Jags, Jacksonville Jaguars defense uh, has, has had, and obviously they need to try and put it right quick when they when they fly over here to face you know Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, and uh, and Co there for Philadelphia. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, that could be a, a third straight uh, for the Jags defense. Where you know,
1: if we look aren't Playing great, I think they're finding it difficult to be the hunted rather than the hunter. Yeah, uh, but they've obviously got a quite a balanced offense. Uh, I think Casement's only going to get better as he sort of build back to what he was before his injury last year. Uh, and you know, if the Jags want to step up, they could. they could have another loss on their hand. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's. Uh, I'm going to step aside. We're going to step aside for one moment, and we're going to do the full ten questions. Then we'll come back and give you the waivers for week eight. Uh, and a bit of a Thursday night night football preview, so uh, let's get on it. Okay, so here we go, second iteration of the full 10 questions, where we bring on a guest every week and put their knowledge to the test and today's guest is Tim Weston a Miami Dolphins fan uh for for many years and i have the pleasure of um being with uh, being in a fantasy football uh game w- with him i managed to beat you on sunday tim i do not if that that kind of uh if you if you know i was playing you on sunday
2: i didn't realize that that's head to head that's that's That'd why good.
0: yeah that's why that's why i got you on just so i could, uh, could i could um <laughs> you know boast about it but um yeah anyway <laughs> But also, obviously, have the, I have the pleasure of, of joining you uh, on Sunday at, at Wembley with the Eagles versus Jags. So that hopefully should not uh, should be more like the Titans game and less like the Seattle game, eh?
2: Yeah, well, the Seattle game was was dire. So mm. should hopefully be a good game.
0: Mm. Did you enjoy the game uh, the last Sunday, Titan, Titans? Were you surprised about yeah, the Titans?
2: It was a real surprising call at the end. We all just stood there in amazement that he, you know, just didn't kick the extra point. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, good good on him get,
0: you know big being big and brave about it also yeah, I, yeah mean, I good yeah no I don't, I don't mind the call the The play call itself was a bit was a bit questionable but um yeah we'll see we'll see what uh, the jaguars and eagles bring uh, next week hopefully break balls can uh, can step it up a little bit at, uh, at at wembley like he has done the last couple of years but let's get back to the questions in so 10 questions no specific time limit but if you're if you're struggling we will have to move you on are you ready
2: Yes, ready to go.
0: OK, let's do it. OK, question one. Which team plays at Levi Stadium?
2: Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh,
0: which player led the league in rushing in
2: 2017? should know this. I'm just trying to think. Oh, God, I should know that. Is it Alvin Kamara? No. Not Alvin Kamara.
0: way off we shall move on which team are known as america's team
2: that's the cowboys correct
0: Uh, which team in the afc north has a bird in their name
2: oh crikey afc north oh crikey why do i not know this for some reason (laughs)
0: it's the ravens yep correct
2: uh which ravens
0: (laughs) Which uh, which team scored more points in the regular season in 2017, the Los Angeles Rams or the New England Patriots?
2: I'd say the Rams.
0: Yep. Which player had the helmet catch and uh, the famous helmet catch between the New York Giants and the New England Patriots?
2: Do you know, I watched that one in in London, and it was about three in the morning, and my friend, who's a Patriots fan, walked out of the pub. <laughs> uh. What's his name? David, David tree
0: Yeah, we are go with that. Uh, what number does Aaron Rodgers wear? Uh, number 12. Which player holds the record for most passing yards in a season?
2: Oh, I want to say Drew Brees. Best not. Which, uh, Peyton Pete, Manning.
0: Pete Carroll is the head coach of which team?
2: Uh, Seahawks.
0: And within five, how many career touchdowns did Jason Witten have? Five. Oh
2: crap. Excuse me. Um uh, Jason Witten, come on. You could have picked a dolphin player.
0: <laughs> Jordan Cameron or something. <laughs> One, <two.
2: laughs> um Oh cracky. I should I dunno, uh give it a guess at about fifty five.
0: Yeah, not far off, not far off. OK, so let's go through those. Uh, the 49ers do, in fact, play at Levi Stadium. The uh, league leader in rushing last year was Kareem Hunt. Uh, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys are, of course, America's team. Baltimore Ravens is also correct in the AFC North. The Rams did, in fact, score more regular season points than the New England Patriots. Uh, it was David Tyree with the helmet catch uh, in the Super Bowl between the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. Aaron Rodgers, of course, wears number 12. Uh, Peyton Manning it does hold the record for the passing yards, but unfortunately I have to take Drew Brees as your first answer. And Seattle Seahawks is indeed the coached by Pete Carroll, and Jason Witten had sixty-eight career touchdowns, so just outside. Oh, of that, crikey, that, that's
2: not far off
0: that bracket there. So I total that up as seven, which is exactly the same as our first uh, contestant. So not not bad, not bad guy there at all.
2: Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, really
0: appreciate you sure. coming on, and uh, we'll we'll see you Sunday.
2: Yes. See you on Sunday. All Cheers, the best, mate. mate.
0: Take care.
2: Bye bye.
0: So there we have it, the full ten questions. That will be back again next week. But just before we go, a couple of things to take care of, Lee. Uh, let's talk about some week wa- uh, week eight waivers. A um, couple. I've got a couple at each position. But let's uh, let's let's start off with you first. Have you got any quarterbacks at all?
1: Uh, no, I'm. I was just saying to you just before we started. I'm really struggling with waivers at the moment. Obviously, I want to keep it fresh for the listeners. Um, and in, you know, in the interest of not repeating ourselves, I've only got two.
0: Right. Okay. So, two recommendations. That's fine. So um, my uh, my quarterback, I thought might might be a decent pickup is Andy Dalton. Now I know he's just gone and laid a goose egg there in in Kansas, but quite a lot of people might have might drop him on the back of that. But like I say, he's got a very good matchup against Tampa Bay at home next uh, next week, uh, who give up points to pretty much everyone, uh, including Baker Mayfield. So he could be a, a decent pickup there, at quarterback position. Uh, who who are your two waivers? Do you want, let's go with your waivers first, and then I'll then I'll go with mine.
1: Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, just picking up on the the sly Baker slander that you just threw in there, <laughs> even Baker. <mate. laughs> Do you I rate him? He's,
0: he's struggled, hasn't he? For, he's, he's struggled, and obviously he's, he's a rookie, he's still acclimatizing. But he's yeah, he's not had the best of uh, best of last few weeks, has he? He's, he's
1: done okay. Uh, I think he. I think I think he's played better than the than the results and the maybe the box score As I'll uh, uh, sort of put across, say
0: that. Who, who who had the who had, anyway, the, be- who had the better he, face? Sorry, who who had the better face? Um, the gasp face, Baker Mayfield or Justin Tucker?
1: Sorry, say that again. You kind of broke up again.
0: Who who had the uh, the best gasping face? Baker Mayfield when that fifty seven yard field goal went in, or Justin Tucker when he missed his extra point?
1: Oh, I I really enjoyed Justin Tucker. Actually. That was great. Was <laughs> He's it? Like in absolute disbelief. Um, I it was only missing in that sort of uh, glance towards the turf to top it off for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, got, that's probably going to be a meme at some point uh, Justin Tucker's face that was, that was brilliant that's uh, going to infu- oh, yeah. infiltrate the, the uh, nightmares of, yeah. uh, of all of uh, anyway
1: yeah sorry we digress um, so my first one is uh, tight end Chris Herndon from the Jets uh, obviously you know this tight end shouldn't have said it for a few weeks now it's getting pretty thin uh, but Chris Herndon seems to be really coming to the fore he's going to touchdown in his last couple of games um, for the Jets and just seems to be sort of working for that sort of relationship with Sam Darnold uh, and, uh, in, in the same way they did with Quincy and sort of earlier on in the season obviously out, the number's out means more targets to go around did uh, Kirst have a lot of targets I believe only had a couple of targets in the game um, without a number there uh, so yeah I think Chris Herndon has really come to the fore kind of reminds me a little bit of um, George Kill this time last year he was sort of getting a, few, a bit of balls as a rookie uh, and look at the way he pressed. so yeah I would sort of pick pick up Chris Herndon, um and you see you see where you go. uh it might not stay for a long while, but you know he's on touchdown street so maybe that can continue as well
0: mm. yeah finally i'm not I'm not telling uh, anyone to pick up this player, but Michael Roberts uh, has four cu- four catches on the season for Detroit Lions at tight end three of them touchdowns, but um yeah, he would have uh, uh, you know, he was re- relevant for no one in fantasy uh, last week, but um yeah, there we go. But yeah, no, Chris Hendon, his, his, his name's popped up, hasn't it, over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, not a bad shout at all. Um, just a, a word of note, obviously, all these waivers. Just check, obviously, with all the bye weeks that are happening now, just check all the people that... Uh, or, you know, other people that are being dropped, uh, maybe because of bye weeks, and some people, you know, can't afford to get rid of anyone else on their bench. So just keep an eye out on who's being dropped there to the waivers and, and pick those guys up as well. If you know people like Evan Ingram, uh, or, you know, didn't have a great game, obviously last night, but um, yeah, you know, some some people have to make, especially in, in shallow benches, they, they could be dropping some decent some decent players. So just keep an eye out on that. Um, I'm just going to obviously whisk through a couple of these. I've got three, two running backs and one wide receiver. So the first one, obviously, Kenyon Barna, Uh just in case you know the Patriots don't really do anything in terms of free agency or picking anyone up for, for Sunday. If Michelle is out, obviously he'd be uh, sharing the backfield there with James White and it's always good to have a, point, a piece of the New England Patriots backfield. And then Ty Montgomery, obviously, Green Bay were on a bye last week, so he is another guy that, you know, they're playing the Rams next week and they could be playing from behind. And Ty Montgomery is obviously the main main pass catching guy out there, but also can obviously receive out wide as well. So he could be worth a PPR stream. And then finally, Rashad Higgins. Uh, I mean, have you seen Antonio Callaway play at all? Um, you know, Rashad Higgins has been injured for the last couple of weeks, um, so just keep an eye on him. The, the, um, the Browns have a have a decent schedule in the next couple of weeks still, so he might be worth a little circle circle in deeper leagues. Uh, but that's pretty much it. You know, like I say the the waivers. Uh, are quite bad uh, this time in the season. But just uh, just give the listeners out there, buys for next week. Uh, Falcons, Chargers, Titans and Cowboys all on buys next week. So just just watch if anyone drops any of those players. you could be you know like a Calvin Ridley or I don't know, maybe that's a bit extreme. But um, there might be some players there that are worth picking up um, from, from waivers there for players that are on buys. So that's pretty much going to do the waivers and fantasy for this week. So should we uh, round it off with Thursday Night Football, Lee?
1: yeah let's go Um, obviously not the greatest game as we mentioned before but yeah let's go for it yeah
0: four and three dolphins at four and three texans or as the americans like to say we finally have our thursdays back um obviously first couple of games Thursday night games are actually pretty good but um yeah not this one. Uh, Kenny Steels I think is has a bit of a niggle uh, of an injury so he's questionable for the game. Kenny Drake obviously coming back off the back of a decent game there um against the Lions but then the Lions defense isn't that great anyway. But yeah both teams 4 and 3. Texans obviously lead the AFC South. Uh, Texans on the on, in the midst of a four-win streak. Uh, Sean Watson obviously struggling with a of the bruised lungs, so I'd be interesting to see if he takes uh, a bus back to Texas. Um, but I don't. I expect Texans uh, to, to, to win another one somehow and then somehow get to five and three.
1: Yeah, no, i would back to the Texans this one. I feel like it might be a quick, pretty tight game. Neither the QBs really inspiring me at the moment. Neither the team is inspiring me at the moment. But I think Houston have got better playmates on both sides of the ball, so I think I'd I'll, I'll plump for them, to be honest with you. Uh, like I said, they'll be looking for a win, they're looking to uh, take control of the South and sort of cobble together any to sort of form of consistency that they can. Uh, for Miami, obviously, they need to get back to winning ways after being beaten by the Lions, uh, a game that uh, they've circled as you know potential win. Uh, and now they've got to go and they've got to win and they've got to hold on to the Pats coattails and keep it interesting if they can. Uh, if they lose and you start to knock Miami and you kind of losing them as a playoff team and... You kind of, you know, realise that they're actually not the real deal uh, They've lost you know, win- winnable games that would again would have been against Detroit and this underwhelming Texans team. Let's be honest, uh, you know, that's season line soft territory, even though they'll, you know, only be four and four.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Texans seven and a half point favourites for this one, which is uh, way too many points for my liking. So I'm not going to play that 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 line at all. Uh, over under here, forty four and a half, probably a tiny bit high one player I do like actually, Lamar Miller, he had a good game last week against Jacksonville, but Dolphins can't defend the run against anyone. So Lamar Miller could have another decent game. Um I don't think Jashawn Watson's gonna run the ball much, obviously, because of all the hits he's taken over the season. So Lamar Miller could be in a line for I don't know what he's any time touchdown score of prices, probably be near near around evens. Um but he, he's maybe one player you can you know, you, you've never been confident playing Lamar Miller this season in fantasy, but should be okay this game.
1: Yeah, no, I'd back that one. Yeah, definitely, it's a good shout. Um, like you say, I think you asked me uh, towards the start of the season something about Lamar Miller, and he's like not one that I would look out for. It's not something that I would like draft in fantasy, or uh, particularly have a great feeling towards. Yeah, and no, I like the shout, definitely.
0: Yeah, just to answer my own question, he is. Yeah, yeah he is about evens. Evens William Hill eleven to ten with the UniBet, but um, yeah, um, Kenyon Drake could have another game if if Adam Gase decides to give him the ball, but who knows what goes through Adam Gase's mind. But I think that pretty much wraps us up for Thursday Night Football. Obviously, uh, if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, I put my Thursday Night Football predictions up on there too. Uh, got the one last week's horribly wrong, uh, so hopefully we can be a bit closer this week. Done, done generally okay on Thursday Night Football, so uh, I'll probably give the Houston Texans maybe a three or four-point win uh, for for me. Probably around about the score I posted up last week. Maybe I was a week too early on that one. But um, yeah, Any anything else from you at all, Lee? No, that's all, that's all
1: from me.
0: Okay, so you know what time it is? It's Jason Garrett corner time. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet. You really are a puppet. It's fourth and one. Don't do it. Just clap your hands. Okay, the nostalgic Jason Garrett corner. A couple of contenders this week, which were mentioned a bit earlier on the podcast, but who's going to take the title this week? Lee, let's go with your Jason Garrett corner first.
1: So, yeah, I've mentioned this a little bit earlier. It's from the Wembley game. It's uh, Mike Rabel going for the two points at the end, which, like I said earlier, I I do have respect for this because, as I've mentioned a few times, I do like the fact that coaches play to win. Rabel was doing that. uh, I think he'll win more games than he'll lose with that. Philosophy, uh, but the problem is, you know, he he would have been a genius if he'd converted it, but obviously he's not because they didn't. And it's not so much the fact that he went for it; that's fine. But it's the play call, uh, you know, throwing, you know, the first one from two yards out, and then obviously the penalty on the Chargers, which happens to the goal one yard out, and he throws it again. You've got Derek Henry, who's six foot three. You've got one of the best backs in the league and than Dean Lewis. And then you've got a really athletic quarterback. I was actually nud- nudging the guy next to me who I was talking to a lot throughout the game. I was, ho- I was saying, I hope that the chance have a smile on Mariota because he might just jump over the line and or run you know, on a play-action maybe. Um, and when it outwired, uh, and that's what I was expecting to be honest, I, yeah. just, I just don't know what they were doing. I just don't know what they were doing.
0: Yeah, the one the one yard line, you certainly think that there the the um, the defense for the Chargers there would have bitten on a on a Derek Henry run, especially from the one yard line. So why not just bootleg Mariota out? He's he's quite a quick mobile quarterback. Um, they've all been on the run. Derek Henry had a touchdown and a fairly decent game. Um, so, yeah, even if they just played as a fake. But, yeah, going, going empty in the backfield and, and, you know, essentially cutting half your playbook out, saying, yeah, we're definitely going to pass the ball. It's just, uh, yeah, mind-boggling. But, yeah, don't mind the call myself going for two, you know, win the game. Um, but, yeah, certainly the play call there was worthy of Jason Garrett himself. Um, so I'm going to go for Jason Garrett because he's just a moron, to be quite honest. Um <laughs> He, if you if you get a chance to watch the 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 game part, if you've got game pass, go back and watch like the the full version, where Tony Romo basically on that last drive, the last uh, Dallas Cowboys drive, literally play by play tells tells everyone what what they should do or what Jason Garrett should do and uh, about spiking it, because there was a penalty, um, you know, and there was just there was loads of shenanigans going on, but I think it was like with twelve seconds left. Uh, and they should have uh, they should have spiked the ball to be honest and then taken a shot at the end zone but for some reason they decided to I think it was to, to do a draw play uh and then burn a timeout which is just absolutely you know gross misconduct and malpractice uh, of a, of a head coach uh, to do and obviously you know the rest is history Brett and Maher hitting the uprights with the uh, the penalty of uh, Leduce on the on the twitching of the long snapper, um, and I'm, I'm again got, I've gone through it already, so I'm not going to go through it. But yeah, go back and go back and watch that last drive because it's one of the few times Dallas actually managed to drive the ball, uh, and then just Jason Garrett was like, no, nope, don't want to win this game, so I'm just going to muck it up and uh, continue to do so. So therefore, the Dallas Cowboys on their bye and now three and four. But there we go. So that's my Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett making an appearance in his own corner um, where he sits and sucks his thumb and claps his hands. But um, yeah, there we go.
1: I think what we'll have to do is we'll have to dream up some sort of thing that you'll have to do for the listeners once Jason does actually get fired. In you know, uh, you know, you'll have to do something in celebration of it. <laughs> I'll
0: be having a I'll be, I'll be having a street party.
1: <laughs> full street party.
0: Yeah, full full bunting. You know, and the, the the whole party would be just clapping your hands, no talking, just clap clap clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there we go Jason Garrett corner will return next week no doubt uh, well this is the thing Jason Garrett's not going to be in it next week unless he make well to be fair trading for Amari Cooper He, you know, if he could have waited a couple of days for the po- this podcast to go out he could have appeared next week as well during his bye week he could have outdone himself <laughs> but never mind we'll we, we have to get a new contender maybe Hugh Jackson will make a reappearance next
1: week I mean they're going to be the serial fans aren't they I would say yeah
0: Cool. That's going to wrap it up then. So don't forget, obviously, if you're going to the uh, Jacksonville game on Sunday, I'll be there as well. So if you you don't forget, our DMs are open. So if you want to. Come say hello. Uh, I'll be wearing my full 10 yards t-shirt, no doubt. Um, or maybe my Tony Ramo t-shirt, who knows. But um, yeah, slide into DMs. Give us a little message. Love to meet some of the, p- the listeners out there. That would be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm travelling all the way down from Scotland uh, and I'm driving uh, immediately after the game way back up to Scotland. So I'm going to be driving immediately after the game up until about 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm really not... <laughs> Uh, don't forget obviously clock go back next week as well i don't know why i need to give you that bit of information but obviously kickoff is at 1 30. also don't forget to say we uh, have a, a fantasy writer now uh, with us scott mckay he'll be joining us on the podcast next week and you can look to see some of his articles articles from next week so hopefully that can uh, declutter some of our podcast talk but yeah really excited uh, where we're going Uh, and if if you're interested in writing for us as well or if you want to come onto the show just get in touch with us uh, on on Twitter or uh, the email is yards at gmail.com couple of you getting in touch there but obviously um, if you follow us on Twitter also don't forget about the uh, NFL free jersey giveaway Uh, just head over to our pinned tweet there and follow the instructions but that's going to do it for another couple of days on the episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast so it's goodbye from Lee
1: Bye, everyone. And yeah, just want to say have a good, uh, have a good uh, experience at Wembley uh, for yourself and anyone else who's going. Hopefully, it's a good game for everyone, as I experienced on the weekend. Uh, so yeah, goodbye and uh, yeah, have a good week, everyone. We'll see you in a couple of days.
0: Yeah, and it's goodbye from me. So, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. For listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full Ten Yards. Or email the show, full at gmail.com.